Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. This week is the great podcast crossover between my show and Turn Up the Lady Bro. So yesterday, the first half of this episode came out on Turn Up the Lady Bro, and you should definitely run over to turnuptheladybro.com to check it out. Who is Turn Up the Lady Bro? That's a great question. We're about to find out. I'll save the introductions. I'll let Heather and Katie introduce themselves and introduce their show. I'll just say that I love their show. I've been a fan and a subscriber since the first episode came out. If you love good quality podcasts, which obviously do because you're listening to this, and you love horror movies, you love feminism, you love snark, wit, legit smarts, then I highly recommend it. It's great stuff. We have a great episode for you today. We talked a lot about all sorts of stuff, including Ridley Scott's Alien. Well, at least we tried to talk about Alien. We ended up talking about dating and fucking and sex and stuff a lot, but that's okay. That's fun too. Everybody likes that, right? I don't know. Next week on the show, I am so excited to have cast and crew from the upcoming indie sci-fi flick, The Fifth Passenger. We're going to talk about The Fifth Passenger. We're also going to talk about how you can help make this movie as good as humanly possible by by donating to their VFX campaign on Indiegogo. I'm going to have four guests on the show next week. Two of the writers, Scott Baker and Morgan Laraya. Scott also directed, Morgan also acted. And then I'll also have two more actors, Manu Ente Reime and Hana Hatai. Those last two names will be familiar to Star Trek fans out there. Manu Ente Reime played Icheb on season seven of Voyager. He also reprised that role in the recent release of Star Trek Renegades, which was a fan-made film directed by none other than Tim Russ. Tim Russ also in The Fifth Passenger. It's all interconnected. And Hana Hatai, you'll recognize her as Molly O'Brien from Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Trek Deep Space Nine. That's right, folks. Actual, real-life Star Trek actors chatting with me. I'm going to ask them about Star Trek. Okay, this week's all about the lady bro, so let's turn it up. That's the way the, the news, news goes. <laughs> I have a very strong feeling that this is just going to be me listening to a bunch of inside jokes that I don't understand. No, no, no that's no, no, from no. Rick and Morty, which yeah. you should absolutely watch. It's an inside joke. You should joke really watch Rick and Morty. That is yeah. among cool people, not just Heather and me. My Sci-fi. favorite my favorite inside joke reference was from The Office when Michael Scott says, oh, I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Every now and then. <laughs> I've noticed that The Office is starting to pop up online as memes and like little oh, gifs yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. Everyone happening. loves it. Yeah. It's being rehashed. Tell me when we start recording, by the way. Oh, I started a while ago. We're recording. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, God. Oh, I haven't been cool this whole time. <laughs> I didn't want to talk about The Office, you guys. No. Take it back. <laughs> you know, I've been watching Veep. Yeah. And it's amazing. And it reminds me yeah. of like early seasons of The Office, the kind of subtlety that it has. Really? It's really good. Everybody says it and nothing about any of the previews actually interests me at all. Watch an you know, episode, bro. I mean, I could, but don't you have to be interested in something to want to try to watch it? Sometimes you got to give it, it a chance. Think about the Mindy Project. 
Yeah, that's a great show. Um, I was interested in the Mindy Project oh, before it started. I'm sorry. And I was an early adopter, okay. and I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. I just uh-huh. watched the new one right before yeah. you got here. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I love that show. It was really good. Oh, yeah, I love it. I cry. The, I cry. The first episode of that show sold me so hard that mm-hmm. I never stopped watching, even when it's not it got a little as weird. good. Mm-hmm. Season two was solid. Yeah, like, it was really good. Yeah. Season three was a little weaker, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still loved it. Season four so far has been great. Awesome. Yeah. It's way like raunchier. Like the, the, I noticed that. Like the bar is a little higher for how far they can go, which well, is exciting. Yeah, they don't have to deal with the, is it the FDC? Is that who F- does? FCC. FCC, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What does that stand for? The, the fucking coalition. Of cunts. Of cunts. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that they cut out right there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Except of Beep. So wait, yeah. if we're, of beep. <laughs> if we're if we're doing this, should we like officially do this? Yeah, let's, actually, let's officially start. Sure. Yeah. Welcome to Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury. I'm your host. I'm so excited to have the Lady Bros from Turn Up the Lady Bro. Turn up the Lady Bro. Turn up the, the Lady Bro. bro. Mm-hmm. Turn up the lights. I don't know the rest of the That words. was really great. But, uh, but something else. <laughs> no, it's fine. Don't. I'm just... going to sing this song tonight. Is Great. that it? Quit yeah, while you're exactly ahead. How it no, goes. no, no. Yeah. That's, it's okay. Uh, Heather Bartles and Katie Tippy. Yeah. Bart, Bart, Bartels. Bartels? Yeah. yeah, I'm so sorry. No, I, I need to do this to you. It's on so mic. funny. I thought that, you know, you've, you've corrected me before and I obviously remembered it wrong. I thought I had it right. There's that thing sometimes where you don't know if something is one of two options. And then you do and it then, wrong. And then you remember. <laughs> Like, oh, no, I remember because they told me it was the one. But then you can't remember which of the ones it is. Yeah. It's the lamest thing to happen, and it happens it, constantly. It just I'm happened. sorry. I'm laughing a lot because I'm remembering my favorite nickname for Heather Heather Bartels. Oh, wait. Before, before, Heather, Heather Bartels. Before we um, introduce you, can I tell what that is? Can I? I want you to. Um, so all throughout grade school... <laughs> You know, everyone has like, they, they make fun of your name somehow, yeah. right? Yeah. Because kids um, are terrible. Yeah. They, they have to find something. So clearly it was, it was Fartles. Fartles. Fartles is easy. Um, <laughs> and then by the time, I think I was in, I think I was a sophomore in high school and some eighth grader, some like asshole eighth grader that lived down the street one day was like, Bleh. Heifer Fartles. <laughs> and I was like, that is fantastic. Uh, it's And I'm old enough now not to care. It's a shame that no one used that when I would have cared. Wow. Heifer Fartles. I love it. It's really clever. Yeah. It's pretty clever. It's, it's clever for an pretty, I mean, It's damaging. Mm-hmm. Um, you made it. You made oh, it out no, all right. I, I didn't give a fuck by that age. Yeah. yeah. Didn't care. It was too cool. I know people where the, the name that they were called when they were a kid has stuck with them all throughout their life and... Even as like a 30-year-old person, it's still very painful to hear. Well, have you ever had that friend that tried to change out of their nickname? And you're like, (laughs) no, no. Or the friend that tried to create their own, like, I'm Ace. (laughs) I'm Ace Magnum. (laughs) (laughs) Like, shut up, Gary. Gary. Like Sting. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He's not stung. He's not stinging. He's Sting. (laughs) Gordy. Gordy. God damn. The Dana Carvey special. Still. I haven't thought about that in so long. That was so good. That Comedy Central Dana Carvey thing from back in the day. Kay, did you ever see that? She's too young. Hey, this is Katie Tippy. Hi. Katie Tippy. Katie Katie. Tippy. We're We're from Turn Up the Lady Bro. Still. Yeah. Still a thing. This is the longest intro. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I, I just brought it back around. We could have moved on. Something that we say a lot on our podcast, which ideally you've all listened to, is uh, we get a lot of feedback that people have a difficult time telling us apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't think that's because our voices sound specifically the same, but we speak the same way because we mm. hang out so much. Interesting. Uh, We're so good almost luck. the same person. Yeah. Well, I... I am a fan and I've listened to every episode and oh, I will say thank that you. I, I didn't know Who's Katie. your favorite? Which one do you like better? Oh man. I like the, the <laughs> confluence one. of the two of I'm you pointing so to much. Myself. So there's so many reasons um, that he can't answer that honestly. Yeah, totally. Mm. I'm just putting you on the spot. Let's let the, let the listeners Ooh. decide. So so Nicole. I'd known I'd known Heather for a few years, but <laughs> right. I, I yeah. apparently had met you and forgotten. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'm, a I'm, lot of people do that. I'm real dumb as we will gather throughout the course <laughs> no. of the evening. Uh so I, I knew Heather and I didn't know Katie and I still was like, Who who's talking? Which what, voice is that? Which one, which one is that? But yeah. I'm gonna for this podcast. I'm going to pan you guys a little bit left and right. Oh, so cool. it'll be very obvious that oh. it's different people. Which yeah. one am I going to be? What do you want? You want to be left or right? I want to be I want to be left. I like hey, that you're right. looking at me to decide. Hey, left ear. <laughs> left ear, it's Katie. No, and right. I'm going to be in the middle cuz that's you. that's how I roll. Mm. You, you know? get both? Yeah. God, that's unfair. I'm this the is host. Sexism. <laughs> Straight up sexism. Is it sexism that that I just want to be surrounded by ladies? <sighs> Fine. God. Only if you make it sexist, if you're, you know, treating those ladies wrongly. Yeah. Which Rele- I... Relegating them to different ears. Yeah. Yeah. So we're each the side piece, <laughs> both <laughs> side pieces. I like to think of it as I am in the hot seat in the middle. Mm-hmm. The hot seat. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Mm. And it's got to not fuck up. Hey, uh, so we watched a movie and shit. Yeah. We well, did. We watched uh, we watched Alien together. And we're going to talk about Alien. Yeah, but before yeah. we do that, we're I talk about that. we got to hear about uh, who you are. You do this podcast. Tell us about your podcast. <laughs> well, that was great. So uh, Heather and Katie have a podcast called Turn Up the Lady Bro. I was and it's just about her space to talk. That's all. Well, every yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Jesse. We want to hear what your interpretation yeah. of all our right. podcast is. You tell is. us. I will. Uh, do it. Your podcast is now. I feel like I. Uh, it's weird, right? It's weird. You yeah, looked everyone's at me and now I don't know what to say. I'll look uh, it's about uh, dating, horror movies, feminism, mm. snark, and legit smarts. Hey, it's like you've <laughs> yeah. been to our website. Thank you. I have yep. been to your website. I really actually like your website a lot. Oh, thank Katie, you. Katie, did you make that? I did. Yeah, it's a nice website. I, I really like the colors. The colors. Yes, yeah, I the picked colors those. Are a big selling point. I picked those myself. There's like purple and like some red, little green. There's a lot of colors. Blue. You guys go to our website. <laughs> they were all good www.turnuptheladybro.com. Yeah. Turnuptheladybro.com. That's us. Yeah, I go on dates. Uh, I make lots of nervous sounds. <laughs> yeah, the big thing about our podcast is we want a forum to do, I think, two big things. One, speak frankly about things that we believe everyone should speak completely frankly about. Mm-hmm. And two, talk about film. Everyone thinks they're an expert in film, which makes it really difficult for me, being that I have a degree in cinema studies, and then I have to pretend that everyone else has good ideas about it, but they're, <laughs> they're all idiots, but that's okay. <laughs> and then we like to bring on actual experts in different fields to watch films with us and then discuss how accurate or inaccurate they are. We were really having fun with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then sometimes we just like talk about farts and stuff. And yeah. Because 
everybody farts. And I'm a fan of all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Like you had an episode where you talked about dread and you brought on uh, a A pharmacologist. A doctor of pharmacy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. to talk about whether or not the drug slow-mo in the movie dread could be real. And I've never seen that movie and it was very interesting. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering if those things are interesting to people who haven't actually watched the films. Yeah. We do try to give um, a few, at least a few days lead time. For our listeners, yeah. like, hey, this is a movie we're going to be talking about. This is why. So they can catch up if they want to. Yeah. Um, but thank you. That's great feedback. Yeah. It was good stuff. Uh, I started my podcast, I think, three weeks before you started yours. And then I saw that you had a podcast mm. when I was right in the middle of, like, we being, were working on being all us. excited about yeah. having a podcast. Mm-hmm. And I got so excited that someone else I knew was doing a podcast. Aww. And I was uh, on a trip to Utah with some family and your first episode came out, and then I sent you a message and said, hey, let's do a crossover episode. Let's uh, podcast. Let's have you come on my podcast, and then yeah. I'll go on your podcast. <laughs> you were really excited about it, too. And I was like, well, I'm just figuring it out. Yeah, I mean, sure, but... Uh... Yeah, I was really excited. Yeah. And also am still really excited, because now it's happening. We recorded the first half of this conversation for your podcast, Turn Up the Lady Bro. It was all about dating. Uh, it was really intense. And now we're going to do the second half about Alien. But before we do, Katie, you just said something really interesting. You just said that Heather was one of your only close friends friends that you'd never slept with or wanted to sleep with. I did. Which I thought was really interesting. And I'm going to ask you the same question that you asked me before. Do you feel the need to sleep with someone to feel close to them? Or do you need to feel close to someone to sleep with them? Neither. Ooh. No, this is interesting. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, with guys, I could give a shit less mm-hmm. or I couldn't give a shit less. I can sleep with anyone. He's a dude, whatever. I've had lots of situations where we've just been friends with benefits um, I, I do enjoy um, being able to respect them in some way, either like intelligence or they know a lot of things that I don't know about, um, and that's attractive to me. Uh, but with women, it's totally different. I won't just sleep with a girl because I think she's hot. Like mm. there has to be my relationships, my sexual relationships with women have very much stemmed from uh, just kind of an intimate affection an expression of that, not necessarily, oh, I'm going to bone this chick. <laughs> so yeah, only, I've only slept with two women and they were very good friends at the time. And I've slept with lots of dudes. Interesting. Yeah. So why, why haven't, why haven't you wanted to sleep with me? Katie? Uh, I honestly, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I don't. Hmm. Long pause. I don't know. Just well, I was thinking because give her, give her time. normally uh, <laughs> we're making eye contact. Yeah, I mean, like you're sexy and stuff. Thanks. I you've seen me naked a lot, a lot. I just you've serenaded me while I masturbated on accident. Yeah, uh, this is one of those nights where not having someone to fuck is going to be a bummer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I you, don't know what it is. You, you haven't heard Katie sing while you masturbate. It's mm. just it's just a whole nother level. Helps when I'm on Yet. the treadmill. <laughs> oh. Mm. Go ahead. Maybe it's something about the way you look. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe no, you know what? I bet it's wow. how we Not became I... friends. Because we were breakup buddies? Because we were breakup buddies. Are you just saying that now because you want something good to say? No, not at all. I think that's part of it. And I also think uh, it's, it's my tiny mouth, isn't it? 
Is it because her tongue is bigger than her mouth? <laughs> we just discovered this. Yeah. Uh, no, I also think that you are one of my first female friends that has just been a really great friend to me and hasn't blurred any lines or boundaries in my mm. emotions. And so I value that more than wanting to sleep with you. Well, thanks. Mm-hmm. You know, you know this about me. I only make friends with women that I am attracted to. Um, I like to find pretty girls and then make them like me (laughs) and then make them hang around me all the time. And, uh, you know, I mean, everyone kind of sometimes will do that. You know, you've been drinking. I just thought I was your old fat friend. You've never been my old fat (laughs) friend. You're no slow-mo to me, girl. No, I I like to collect pretty ladies and have them hang out with me all the time and be pretty around me. super cool, right? No, that's not why. (gasps) It's because I like to look at them. Like, I, I like being around. Me? Yeah. Yeah, no, I've always thought you were gorgeous. Really? Yeah, so I kept you, like, I kept you around because I liked looking at you. And uh, when we lived together, I was like, I don't know, maybe one of these times. We're both pretty horny. Uh, but I wasn't invested either way. Huh. Mm-hmm. In general, I'm not really into sleeping with ladies. Um, uh, well, I'm. that's another thing. Mm-hmm. I'm, what surprises me, I'm actually? I'm bad at girl Thanks. sex. I like everything from the hips up in a lady. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, who doesn't like playing with some boobies? Yeah. But there is something at the end of the day, even the times that I have slept with women, I'm like, you know, there's just something missing. (laughs) I'm really craving something hard and kind of throbbing and they just don't have it. We can all agree that, that boobs and dick as a combination... It's the ideal. It's great. It's the yeah, dream. Yeah. I would be into yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I it's have the dream. I've like been hoping for that. Sometimes like... when someone I de- start dating a woman, they're like, I have someone to tell you. I'm like, please let it be a dick. <laughs> <laughs> or That's even amazing. better, like if we're going to fetishize people, man, both. If you can be like, a, oh, if we're just going to go for like it. Like completely intersexed. Because you're like, oh, you can experience all the things and it's fantastic and I want to like be around you and be near you and in you and outside of you and wow. all around you. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, do that's you at think least that, what I haven't Do you think that you. what's missing for you with women might be more emotional than physical or do you think it's purely physical? It's just physical. Hmm. It's completely physical. Um, something that we've talked about on the podcast and that Katie knows very deeply about me. I love dick. Heather loves cock. I Yeah. Love it. I I worship it. It's my favorite thing, and everything about it is incredible. And women are just so soft. They're just really soft. And even if they're more dominant or even if they're more kind of aggressive, just physically they're just soft, and kissing mm-hmm. them is soft, and everything about them is all curves and softness, and and I need I need something hard, man. Interesting. <laughs> I, I think that there are women out there that are – I mean, there's such a variety of women out there. Even like a muscular woman. Yeah. I'm, I'm, there's just, this, it's the skin softness. But you know what? Mm-hmm. Have, you ever, softer. have you ever been in a shower with a lady? Oh, oh my gosh. Because okay. that is amazing. So, you know, when we go to the naked spa. Yes. And we get uh, body scrubs. Yes. And those women, I mean, they get in there and they scrub between your butt cheeks. And their skin like accidentally touches your skin and it's all soapy. There is a part at the end where they just soap you up. Just like, oh, we're done scrubbing you because you're just laying on this table and they scrub you and then they splash you with buckets of warm water. And it's a strange and wonderful feeling. And then at the end, they soap you up and you're laying on your back. And uh, so I've got big boobs 
for those she of you who've never seen lie. me. And they soap you up and then they like do this like washing, like mm-hmm. wax on, wax off thing and like soap up your boobs. And it's always the best it's part. It's amazing. Oh my God. It's so good. It feels incredible. Yeah. And yeah. I'm always like, am I making it weird? No, I'm not making it weird. No. no, she's not. No, this is cool. This is just what we do. This lady just soaps up and rubs around in my you, boobs. If you ever get an opportunity <laughs> to get soaped up and warm in, in a shower with a lady, it is really, really pleasant. It's I totally different because there's no, there's <laughs> no like body hair. And so like you're all soft and they're all soft and you just kind of like slide around. Well, first off, I do have body hair. No, I, chest hair is what okay, I was is yeah, thinking. Like, yeah. I don't I'm sorry. shave my legs or my armpits. Yeah. And usually when I'm in the shower with someone, we're rubbing pits, of course, <laughs> um, like you do. That's actually how Heather has sex. But so I don't tend <laughs> to be with hairy, hairier guys. Oh, so I do. chest hair isn't yeah. like a. I do. Yeah, in general, like soapy, wet people, like touching, that's great. Mm. Uh, How do you feel about hairier guys? Because oh, I'm uh, like a hairier guy that tends to manscape. I'm like somewhere in the middle. Yeah, that's fine. And I've I've kind of been stopping that recently because I'm like, yeah, this, I'm sick of this. I'm just going to let it grow. Mm-hmm. I love it. I'm great with it. I do tend to enjoy men I sleep with to be more kind of on the traditionally masculine side. So I like chest hair and stuff. And I've been with uh, both extremes, like someone that was just like sweater, mm-hmm. just sweater, yeah. like things would get caught in it. <laughs> and and then I've been with people that are, you know, smoother and uh, smooth. <laughs> both times it was it was enjoyable. I, I find chest waxing to be a little off-putting because similar to um, – vulva waxing mm-hmm. like it's only good for uh, like uh, like three or four hours after you get it done <laughs> and then it's just all stubble and itchiness and poking and like ingrown hairs i think everyone should definitely just rock whatever hair yeah. level they have yeah and that's I, if, good if you choose to trim that's fine so mm-hmm. i agree with that i think that uh i think that it just needs to be approached equally for both sexes that mm-hmm. the answer is whatever you want for yourself yeah. that makes you feel sexy is fine mm-hmm. And if, if for a man, if that's being hairless, that's great. And if for a woman, that's being hairy, that's fine. Or vice versa, it doesn't matter. I just think that having this like social stigma around it is the problem, not mm-hmm. necessarily how people are. You know, people should just be allowed to express their own bodies the way that yeah. they want to and not I have agree. a problem. Yeah. I know a lot of women that don't like beards on guys, which is weird in Seattle because everyone has a beard. Hmm. Uh, and I actually don't prefer it. I don't like beards very much. Right. But you're mm-hmm. not going to tell him what to do with his own facial hair. Never. What I will do sometimes, like I had an ex-boyfriend that didn't take care of the mustache area a lot, so I was getting a lot of hair in my mouth. Mm. And I said, listen, you can do whatever you want with your facial hair. I'm I'm not going to tell you what to do. I will tell you, I will give you a lot more kisses if this shit is taken care of. Okay, So if that's a consequence that you would enjoy... That is, it is so unfortunate that you just told that story. Why? That is oh, no. so unfortunate because you might remember I had an incident with Canadiani uh-huh. uh, where he said something almost identical to me except involving my vulva. Oh. Oh. Um, because I, I prefer trim and uh, he being 21 or however yeah. young you, some baby, some baby I was sleeping with. He said to me, completely unprovoked once, hey, if you wax, I'll totally go down on you a bunch to reward you. Mm. And I was furious. And every woman I told about it was furious. 
And I want to know if we can find a way to decide that what you did was any better. Beside the fact that there's no social expectation. Right. And maybe that's it. Just there's no expectation of men to I, I think be hairless. Y- yes, there is that. Um, I would say me being defensive it it wasn't that I was asking him to shave Mm -hmm. just general grooming and upkeep well it's just the way that you the way that you approached it is exactly the way that someone has approached me to try to shame me about my body Uh, hair as a woman yeah and I wasn't trying to do that I know but it it like kind of is well should it be shaming for one person to have a preference about a sensation well I think that if you would have approached it by saying, I really like kissing you and sometimes your mustache gets in my teeth or my mouth or, you know, prickles and it's uncomfortable, I would feel more okay with that. And I would feel more okay if a guy said, hey, I really like going down on you, but this particular length of hair causes some discomfort. Yeah. You mean honesty? So being honest? I mean, yeah. yeah. And actually... And of course, I'm one reason that I'm kind of a bullshit feminist that I like to point out is that my hair is very fine and blonde. So for me to walk around without shaving my legs Mm -hmm. and for me to walk around without shaving my armpits and then, you know, leaving some pubic hair, but keeping it really well trimmed, I get to pretend that I'm being this like fierce warrior. But, you know, I'm not some Italian. Like most people don't even notice that I have this hair, but then I get to be like, yeah, I do this because gender equality and I think it's not fair. Blah, blah, blah. So even then to have someone... Everyone's like, levels are different. Yeah. Then yeah. to have someone, to me, say they would prefer I waxed. I was like, I I have like the finest hair ever. <laughs> like This is specifically stupid because you said it to me outside of how much it infuriates me as a right. feminist that you think that your idea of how my pubic hair should be when it's already nicely cared for. Because yeah. it's one thing if it's just this insane mess of a yeah. bush. It, I've had so angry. I've had like the reverse experience where like I would manscape, like I would trim down my chest hair a little bit and I'd, I was dating someone who was mad at me. She's mm. like, I like having more. It's dumb that you do that. And I got really offended because I'm like, mm. well, this is I like, think it looks nice. this is what I do to feel sexy. Like I, mean, I'm, it's your body. It's my body. I'm playing like shirtless on stage. I want to, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. the way my friend Naomi puts it is that I, I obviously care about presentation. <laughs> yes. So. The idea that someone can ask someone else to change their own presentation of themselves inherently seems unfair to me. Mm-hmm. I would say that the one exception would be sanitation and cleanliness. Right. Agreed. Yeah. I guess it just comes down agree. to compatibility. Yeah. And I think, again, like had you said to him um, something along the lines of like, you know, there's some discomfort or it, you know, it, it, it interferes uh-huh. with things. I think that's okay because there's there's a guy that uh, I used to date that you ended up dating briefly, and I remember there being Is it a conver- M one or M two, uh, two I think no oh, one yeah. one, I can't remember the order yeah, they came yeah, in yeah yeah one one, uh-huh. one. Uh, that there was a situation with with hair that interfered with things yes and so saying I swallowed I, a lot of it yeah I to- I totally understand that you have that hair and I'm not judging you for it no. Uh, there's some discomfort that comes around that and can, and we both had that experience with that same person. Yeah. I think that's and it wasn't reason. even that I needed. Can you please ask your hair to stay in <laughs> your face and <laughs> get out of my I didn't even need it to be 
shaved or waxed or anything. Yeah. Just oh, a little pubes? extra pubes. exfoliation and maybe just a little like... Get rid of the loose ones? Yeah, mm. just the loose ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, His pubes all. were just... Just jumping ship. Just out of, yeah. They yeah. just didn't want to be where they were. Oh my God. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes they get like, especially with people that have curlier hair, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't just fall. Like my hair, my hair just falls off. It's, it's, yeah. it's yeah. like little strands it's of silk. It just, it just <laughs> falls corn, away. Corn silk. <laughs> but if you have curlier hair, it just kind of gets trapped in there unless you, you know, scrub it in some way. Hmm. And of course you don't know that about yourself because you're hmm. not sucking your own dick. Right. So you don't know Unless that you're you've... fucking lucky. <laughs> yeah, right? You don't know that you've got pubes kind of just waiting for some poor unsuspecting mouth to trap them. <laughs> and it's it's really hard, honestly, to continue doing what you're doing when you get a hair like on your tongue because I... it starts to go back your throat yes. and that's right. awful. And all right. you're thinking is <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it'd be one thing if that was the reason that men ask women to wax. Because yep. I don't think that that's necessarily the reason. I think no. they ask for it because we have this weird societal standard that women look like. It's the porno like, preference. Yeah, we need to yeah. be uh, Inhuman. smooth and shiny mm-hmm. and doll-like. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason that I don't shave my arms and my legs. It's not necessarily that I prefer it. I do like the armpits. I think that's kind of sexy. But the legs were really hard for me to adjust to yeah. because I felt like I looked manly all of a sudden. It's more that it's this big expense. And I think we talked about this in a recent mm-hmm. podcast, too. It's this expense of time and energy and money. And women feel like they can't dress the way they want to dress depending on what, you know, when they've shaved. Mm. And I just didn't want to be a part of that. I didn't want to feel ashamed of the fact that I'm a mammal. Yeah. So I stopped. If we did live in a completely equal society, I don't know which I would choose. I don't know if I would leave it or if I would shave it or if I would trim it. I kind of go back and forth. I tend Mm -hmm. to trim the underarm hair when it gets like caught in my shirts. Mm -hmm. I don't, I stopped shaving it because I I actually find shaving a lot of times to be kind of unhygienic because you're scraping razors against your skin. Mm -hmm. And then like you put on like, uh, you know, deodorant or whatever and just chemicals and chemicals and ingrown hairs and all that bullshit. Um, and so that's fine. I'll shave my legs every once in a while. Mm -hmm. Um, it's really nice when it's you actually just, just let them grow all the way out. Because at first you're like, Mine's, smooth. Mine come and in then so stubble. scraggly. Hmm. Every well, time I let it go for a while, they're like, Bleh. You have to really let it go. Really? And then it gets, yeah, nice and soft. It's, it's, it's nice. You know what's kind of funny is that there is just as much of a societal pressure for men to not shave their legs. Yes. Mm-hmm. I remember yes, totally. being in high school and some of the guys on the swim team shaved their legs. And like other people didn't know that they were going to do that. And then they got mocked mercilessly. Well, it's so. much worse for men to do something that's perceived as feminine because feminine is perceived as lesser. Yes. So, of course, women, you know, might want to aspire to the standard of being manly, even though they'd mm. never make it. Um, God, but it's, it's so fucked up. I know. <laughs> like, I was talking about a similar topic on a recent podcast, how I'm a fan mm. of equal objectification. That <laughs> it's too. It's not really like objectification that I think is the problem. I think it's just the in, inequality in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I made my video for Time Child, that was like a big deal for me was to equally objectify everybody because I wanted it to be sexy. And I remember distinctly, I think you showed me a still before, because that's <laughs> when we were seeing each other was when that yeah. video yeah. was uh, being made. You showed me a still and I was like, what is going on with that guy's dick? There's <laughs> something with that guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was like, that guy's got like a halfy. You thought he was hard and he was 
And I was like, no, he's just wearing just half chub. Uh, he, he, he's wearing his go-go underwear, which yes. just make it flop all over the place. Yeah, it was impressive. He's now a porn star. Good for oh, him. Good. As long yeah. as he's happy. That's wonderful. Yeah, yeah. he's happy. That's yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and like I'll see porn where like the guys have shaved legs, shaved chests, and you know shaved balls and everything. Just to, <laughs> I was uh, just talking about shaved balls last night. Actually. Yeah, it's interesting that, that that is now. I think that that's progress. That that's now a choice that men in pornography can make, because I think that men who aren't in pornography who watch pornography as much as women will take clues from how the men look to say, well, this is what is supposed to be attractive. Right. And I think that showing a variety is important. Well, the variety is key. Right. And I think you With only anything, see that right? in independent, Diversity. Right. independent there's, pornography. There's almost no variety in how the women are expected to look in pornography, which is really disappointing for people like me who don't like the the standard presentation. Mm-hmm. Which I'm now, never mind. Um, <laughs> What's your what? I'm like, well, when you say that, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a freak. We've discussed in the podcast before that I'm seven feet tall and my nose goes down to my mm-hmm. belly button. And mm-hmm. so that's, of course, why he was attracted to me. Is I have I don't, T-Rex arms. Don't present standard. But I wear high heels. But you but wear I'm, high heels. I'm talking, I'm, I'll be specific. I'm, I'm talking about like uh, women with um, like fake breasts mm-hmm. who are like bleach blonde, wearing tons of makeup, where you really don't even know what they look like, yeah. you know? Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's why you have to watch independent porn. Yeah. yeah. Independent porn has all sorts of different kinds of women and all sorts of different and kinds then, of men, and they seem to actually be enjoying it. Yeah. Having actual sex. Because there's this whole, it seems, this generation of men and women that have been raised on internet porn, and that's what they think sex is. And every man thinks that his penis isn't good enough mm-hmm. because all he's ever seen is porn dicks. Yeah. And every woman thinks she's fat. And that her boobs are too saggy, and that sex is something that's awful for her, and right, it's really detrimental. That happens to her. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's also girls porn... love it when you come on their face. I don't oh know yeah, it's oh, like the best thing. Oh my god, they I can't even that. watch that. It's like you can tell how much the woman hates yeah. it, and she's, she's just like, trying oh. as hard as possible to smile. Yeah, it's frustrating. Hey, so welcome back to Audio Smut. <laughs> <laughs> This is, uh, uh, this is we, our new fun. podcast. How game. do we transition out of this? Let's talk about Alien. Well, uh, we're talking about feminism and we're talking yeah. about uh, expectations of men and women and we can go into Ripley. Yeah. I mean, Alien is a great movie to talk about that because mm-hmm. you not only have Ripley being the consummate badass, but you also have John Hurt's character who basically gets raped. Yeah. Uh, and it's... I, I'd never heard it put this way, but uh, we watched Alien together a week ago. And it was then Katie's I, first time. It was Katie's first, first time. time. I did a little bit of reading and discovered that what happens to John Hurt's character has been widely considered to be a male rape, mm-hmm. um, which was really fascinating to me. I'm sorry. Which one? The, the guy who the gets chest the chest burster. Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I mean, he's impregnated against his will. Yes. And then... It's violently comes Violently, out yeah. yeah. Well, the exomorph, the, the alien, is very... Um, is very phallic, phallic in the looking. way that it it, yeah. it it penetrates people. Yeah, this thing comes out of it, and it, it's even you know penile shaped, and it forcefully penetrates them, and in doing so harms them, kills yeah. them, which I think is a big reason why in the end of the movie we have Ripley in her underwear, which is a thing I want to talk about, but we'll get there. Yeah, that's the thing I am the ending, the whole ending scene. I ha- I want to talk about really bad because mm-hmm. it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. But but let's let's back up and let's just talk about first of all. How fucking rad this movie is! Mm-hmm. Like Alien is fucking rad. Mm-hmm. Uh, when? How old were you when you saw it? When was the first time you saw it? 
So it's really hard for me to ever pinpoint the first time I saw a film, especially anything that's sci-fi or horror, because I was raised on it. From the Mm -hmm. day I was born, my mom always, she still pretty much exclusively watches horror. And I was an only child and she was home. And so we would watch scary movies together my whole life. It was never, there was never a time in my life that I was like allowed to watch scary movies. So I'm sure I saw Alien at a very young age and then grew up watching it. It was just a part of my life. Yeah. Katie, when did you first see Alien? <laughs> uh, I was 26. Mm-hmm. I was on you were right here. This couch. This, this couch? This couch that I'm sitting on right now. Right here. Yeah. I, I knew about the chestburster scene just from uh, being alive and on the Culture. internet. I didn't know about the milk alien. No, the milk robot. <laughs> milk bot. Mm-hmm. Milk bot. Yeah, that was that was uh, shocking for me. You didn't know that Bilbo Baggins was going to explode and I little marbles and milk would not. come out. I did not. Just yeah. Full of milk and tubes. I saw it for the first time only uh, about two years ago. So I, I mean, I have always been into science fiction That's my whole life. Yeah. I was a little bit sheltered as a kid. And I've, I've called my mom and talked to her about this recently because my first few podcasts that she listened to, she would be like, that's not what happened. Oh, um, <laughs> but um, there, there was a purposeful sheltering when I was a kid to make sure that I was old enough to be prepared for more difficult viewing experiences. And Alien was one of the movies that was kept away from me hmm. because it was too violent. My parents would rent everything that came out and they'd watch it and decide if it was too violent for me or not. And then it's a lot of work. make a decision. Yeah. yeah. Uh, make a decision if I could see it or not. Um, not everything, but a lot of stuff. Sure. So, like, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons when I was a kid because it was Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Everyone wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Yeah. Uh, so Alien also did not appeal to me because I was so obsessed with the Spielbergian alien, which is mm. a friendly visitor who's come to bring peace and harmony and enlightenment to the planet. Mm-hmm. So the idea of watching something where the alien is just strictly a villain and is only there to impregnate and kill you... Uh, <laughs> it, it, it wasn't something that I wanted to see because I it, it was going to burst the bubble of my idealist, you know, young self. You so, wanted to stay naive in that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, I was the kid who was always talking in school about how aliens were real and they were going to come and they were going to be friendly. I and am seeing, a thousand percent not surprised about that. <laughs> <laughs> this is what Katie looks like when she's not surprised. Yeah. You look very <laughs> nonplussed. Uh, <laughs> So seeing it for the first time was really interesting because it is such a important movie in the genre that I hold so dear. Uh, it's also interesting to see something that is like a hybrid of science fiction and horror because the, f- mm. the only thing I'd really seen of that was Event Horizon, which I barely remember except for the <laughs> fact that I didn't like it, and Jurassic Park, which is definitely um, like a sort of sci-fi horror hybrid, which is not really, you know... It's not super hard in either direction, so it's kind yeah, it of... it feels almost more like adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first one, I think, has a lot more horror tropes than any of the others. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first one, when I was a kid, scared the shit out of me. I had nightmares about dinosaurs for years. Yeah. It's still really effective. If yeah. you still, like, if you watch it on a nice big screen with a good sound system, it is... It's scary. I mean, it makes my eyes water with yeah. scenes, especially, like, when the kids are trapped in the, and the, the T-Rex is no when he's he's got his head down in the sunroof oh, and they're yeah. holding up the windshield yes. it makes my eyes water with feelings yeah it's that intense it does something that i i definitely associate with the horror genre which is mm-hmm. where the second half of the movie is only can we stay alive mm-hmm. that's it you know mm-hmm. that's what you're doing is you're running away from something that's trying to kill you and can you stay alive uh 
and a- I mean, Alien obviously does that to great effect. Like the first half is very sci-fi, and the second half is yeah. very very horror. I feel the same about Jurassic Park. That that's sort of the the way that it went. You look like you disagree with me. Uh, so I needed to yawn, <laughs> and I didn't want to do it on mic. So I looked away, and then I was listening. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't disagree. I was actually thinking about how much of this film was clearly Ridley Scott coming up with themes that he was going to then use in Blade Runner. Hmm. So many of the same um, sounds and um, different... Aesthetic. Yes, thank you. That's yeah. what I was looking for. A lot of the same aesthetic. And then even things that I end up um, seeing him use in Legend. He uses a lot... There's this kind of tinkling chimes light reflecting yeah. you see that Sparkly in those three chains. movies yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yep and then oh, of course man. the the androids just even talking about blade runner just gives me chills because <laughs> it's just chills just so fucking awesome uh and the, the viewing that we did a week ago was the first time where i really saw very clearly the connection between those two movies mm-hmm. that there was one voice telling both of those stories seeing the intense detail on the ship the nostromo was just so cool. Um, and this is something that... It's beautiful. Yeah, something that we're really missing now where all these spaceship sets are built to like the top of your head and then it's a green screen above that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the in the 80s, in the like late 70s and 80s, all these sci-fi movies, they had to... They just built low ceilings because it was cheaper. Uh, if they And they had to build ceilings because they couldn't extend digitally. So they just built lower ceilings. And then it gives it that nice claustrophobic. Yeah. And that is more accurate, too, if you were in space, of course. Yeah, like, uh, like naval space ships. Space is a premium in space. So you, you have to keep everything very compact, very tight. And then especially now you've added this element of there's this malevolent force there yeah. with you. And you're trapped. And it mm-hmm. feels very trapped. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of The Descent, actually. I haven't seen that. Uh, oh, my goodness. We'll watch it together. Okay. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a horror movie about caving, women that are trapped down in Ooh. a cave. And the feeling of claustrophobia yes. is tangible. Yes. Wow. I mean, it, it makes your chest feel tight. And I noticed that a lot when we were watching Alien, especially with Tom Skerritt, the scene where he's crawling through the kind of the air ducts. Mm-hmm. And they're back mm-hmm. with tracing the him. Yeah. yeah. And they're watching his little dot on the screen. Yeah. And, trying to figure out where it is. Really yeah. classic scene. Yeah. Uh, the, I feel like the first like quarter of the movie does such an incredible job of uh, grounding the world mm-hmm. where uh, I remember commenting when we're watching it when they're landing on the planet and they have the, the view screen that has those rectangles that kind of shows their trajectory. Mm-hmm. And then they cut to a shot, an exterior shot of the ship as it's kind of going down through the atmosphere but you have a really good sense of what the ship is doing because you'd seen their instrument readouts inside the ship. Mm-hmm. That's something that you don't really see that often where the actual readouts in the ship correspond directly to what the ship is doing and you can understand it. Yeah. They like kind the of user... just make the inside of the ship look spacey and complicated. Right. Or there's a big view screen. Right. And yeah. that's how you know. But then it does kind of register like they're on a ride. Yeah. And you don't feel that sense of the two things happening in actuality. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like... a. It's like the difference between driving a car or being like a passenger in a car and just mm-hmm. seeing the tactile realness of what it takes to drive this spaceship. And the fact that you just meet these characters and the first thing they do is they go land on this planet and they fuck it up, you know? <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. Yeah. When we were watching, I was thinking about how many films since this, and I would like to think about um, how many films maybe did this before as well. There's this common space film beginning where there's a mission and things are going just as planned, 
and then they suddenly get a signal. <laughs> right. They get a signal and the signal changes everything. Yeah. I think it's even happened in some nautical films where mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. where boats will get a, a signal, a distress signal, and everything just goes off the rails. Yeah. Um, we were talking about sunshine as an example of that. Everything yeah. would have been fine if they just would have kept going according to plan. And like at least a third of every Star Trek episode ever. <laughs> yeah, that distress signal. The distress call, yeah. We got to go check out the distress call. And that's the that's the impetus for the entire plot. Mm -hmm. um, and something you were talking about when we watched it that I really tuned into on this viewing and really loved was the fact that uh, nobody's made up. Nobody looks like a Hollywood star. Yes. I mean, they're all like very sexy people, especially Harry Dean Stanton. Uh, but <laughs> Always. they're all covered in grease and dirt and grime. And I, they look like, uh, like been up there for a while. Yeah. Like they look like they're actually working. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the if, women aren't wearing different clothing. Yeah. They're all just kind of wearing like coveralls and like yeah. space outfits. It's a very like egalitarian way of existing, mm -hmm. which feels real. I mean, it feels true. In a really cool way. Oh, yeah. I can tell you if I was in space, there's no way in hell I would do my hair or my <laughs> no. makeup. I mean, I would probably buzz my head, honestly. Yeah. That matters not the at all. Least. <laughs> yeah. I would have impeccable hair every day. <laughs> well, that's all you know how to do, of course. You just, the anti-gravity really works well with your locks. Yeah. Roll I, out uh, of bed. Yes. I would be taking space selfies and I'd look fucking sharp. Oh, okay. <laughs> No Just question. so he could beam them back to Earth and be like, see, told you. Yeah. Told you guys. Looks good up here. No, I would I'd be like, who's that gross woman with a shaved head behind you? <laughs> yeah, that'd be me. Who is that? You know. Uh, no, everyone would be like, who does this guy think he's impressing? Who does he think he is? <laughs> Mason did say to me the other day, just to just to bring this up. Yeah. Who's he Mason? Said, uh, Mason's my husband. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> you know, and I guess now sci-fi people know, but turn up the lady bro people know that. Yeah. You want to get? You I don't. Be one well, of those. I don't want to exclude Jesse Mercury's listeners. No, it's cool. Now they all know. Mason's my husband. Uh, he said to me the other day that sometimes he gets exasperated if I'm putting on makeup for a special occasion because he said my face without makeup still looks really good. And I know that that's a thing that people say to be like mushy or silly, but he said a lot of women without makeup, their face looks very monotone and oh. it looks like they're made out of plaster. And he said, when I don't have makeup on, you know, my cheeks are still kind of rosy and my lips are still kind of pink. So he doesn't see the necessity for it. So he's like, what are you doing? So I would like to posit that I would not be that weird looking bald lady in the background. <laughs> I'd it be would. that decent looking bald lady in the background. <laughs> Thank you very much. And my boobs would look fantastic because there would be no gravity. I would look real weird. I would be all double chin and no <laughs> eyebrows. I have very light eyebrows when I don't color them in. Oh, yeah, me too. Yeah, it's rough. Blonde eyelashes. The bane of my existence. Oh, I don't have that, but I have all these freckles that just obfuscate anything pretty <laughs> on my face. Just all shit. Okay, Katie. Yeah, That's not so, even close to being true. If our Patreon gets, um, let's see, if our Patreon ends up getting www.patreon.com slash turn up. Turn up. We have several <laughs> patrons now. They're wonderful people and we yes. love them. Mm -hmm. They're incredible. We're writing love letters to them right now. That's awesome. Sorry. Thank you. Um, <laughs> if... Our Patreon gets uh, $5,000 $5, per podcast. What? We will shave our heads <gasps> and go into space without makeup <laughs> <laughs> and then send pictures. <sighs> and we'll do that however, it's been decreed. however we have to. We will find a way. So if you guys really want to see what we I will probably like. never shave my head. Um, if we, we get $5,000 per episode on our Patreon. I'm too weird about it. 
Katie. I have a skin condition. I can't do it. Okay. You do have a skin condition, <laughs> but we'll be in space. It'll be great. Just agree. For fuck's sake, it's not You know, not I appreciate happen. the fact that Katie's not just willing to jump in for money. I, thank you, Jesse Mercury. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't appreciate that she's not willing to go <laughs> along all, with the gag. No, it's, yeah, I'm bad at improv. I think you're Sorry. serious, yes, though. I don't, I don't get any impression that you're making a joke so here. I think you're dead thing. serious. I would do it. Heather, Heather will say things as a joke, but if it actually came to be... I'd do it. She'll hold you to it. She'd be like, oh, fuck, yeah. yeah. No, we have to. We said we would. <laughs> no, I... Uh, I just generally like doing stuff. Yeah, you do. So if we mm-hmm. could go and be, because you know Ripley, uh, I guess you haven't seen the sequels. In the sequels, she does end up like I didn't even think she about does it. shave her head. Yeah, she, she shaves evolve, her head, yeah. and she looks great. She yeah. does. She's killer. She looks badass. She Natalie looks, Portman did the yeah, same thing. See? Yeah, yeah. Katie, why I, I have Portman? a thing for bald women. I actually will just put it out there. I didn't like, know. Uh, that. Uh, I think her name is uh, Aaliyah. Oh God, I can't remember her name. In Star Trek: The Motion Picture, the the like main female character is bald and she's oh yeah like stunningly Hot. attractive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about it? Is it because you can see their their face and their bone structure and their essence more? It's not the hair isn't a distraction. What do you I don't think know. it is? I like hair too. I mean yeah. I just I'm attracted to stuff that's sexy, I think. And <laughs> I think Interesting. That, uh, yeah, I don't know that I am. Let's, let's but but I'm also that, like my idea of what is sexy is like so dependent on how people feel about themselves right so yeah. if somebody feels sexy i will probably see them as being sexy yeah uh, confidence and, uh, yeah yeah you can tell like when ripley's bald she feels hot mm-hmm. and i like oh god damn or she doesn't even <laughs> she, she didn't care what you think about her right mm-hmm. and, and that's, that's what makes it that's even better feel hot that's even better yeah, she yeah. just feels like whatever see, i'm like Katie. if you don't care what i think about you you get, i need you to have sex with me right now <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah that's that is actually the key that is yeah. like the number one thing if you just totally. don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about you i mean, i'm getting a lot better at it yeah you're stella in you're doing mm-hmm. good Thank you know what's you. funny i've no, had less me. interest in me from from women since i started styling my hair more oh okay i'm if we're just Wait. going to really quickly go back to this topic yeah um it, there's this weird line where women want men to take care of themselves, but if you at all sense that he's vain, yeah. you're like out. Yeah, you are Which out the so door. Stupid. And I'm super vain. I mean, it's very obvious when you look at me that I'm vain. You know. But I'm thinking about that. I'm deciding if I think that's true. I, I own it. I, I'm I'm happy to be vain. Like I watched the video for Be Cool. I'm like, I look great. <laughs> and he actually, you're not just vain. You're vocally vain. Yeah. You will then tell people, I look great in this video. Did you see me? Did you see how great I look? And we're like, oh, yeah, good for you, buddy. Yeah. It's coming from this place of being an awkward kid and just being an adult and being relieved that I'm like, well, this worked out fine. Finally, everything settled into a place that made sense. Yeah. Because I used to have just constant discomfort that I was unattractive, you know, constant. Everything comes back to insecurity. Yeah, totally. And, to let go of like one of my base insecurities was such a big moment for me. Now you have to just tell everyone. Is your base insecurity <laughs> your hair that you started just, styling it more? No, I mean, I've gotten over most of my base insecurities. Let's, at this let's point. tell our base insecurities. Let me tell you about one of my base insecurities. Oh, let's Yay. talk about it. Uh, when I was young, my breasts were quite large for a young boy. Huh. Uh, and it was talked about. Like, if I took my shirt off at a party, everyone would point at me and laugh. Um, Did you used to be chubby? No. Like a hormone thing? Really? I don't know. Um, I said big old titties. A uh, lot of guys sometimes, even if they're thinner, it's just the way that their their fat yeah. distributes on their body. Yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. I mean, 
I, like people would tell me to like put on a bra or like I would go to swim class and they'd say, oh, you're not allowed to swim without like a, a top on, you know, like you, you like the what girls the you got to put on the top. Yeah. I mean, I was like mercilessly mocked for it. Uh, and I That's wouldn't right. take my shirt off in public after that. And then I got older. I started like doing pushups and like exercising to try to turn it into some sort of muscle. <laughs> It works. Um, You've got some, pecs some now. Sort of. Well, you have like straight see, up pecs. To yeah, me, I I will never I will never fully get over the insecurity of not being sure if they're pecs or boobs. You no, know? they're pecs. Katie, yeah. pecs or boobs. They're pecs. Um, pecs. Would- but I remember the day I first played shirtless with Mugatu, and I was petrified. I'm like, everyone's gonna make fun of me. Like everyone's mm. gonna make fun of me. But I felt like it was the honest thing to do was to like be in this band and just be in my Batman underwear. You know? <laughs> yeah. I know it sounds silly, but like it was like really like the thing that felt right to do. Mm -hmm. So I just went for it and I looked out in the crowd and I, I was being, I fucked, um, by three people in the crowd. Uh, and that was enough for me. I was like, well, this is fine. You know, I'm Mm -hmm. doing fine. Not only am I doing fine, but these, I I can tell like these girls think that this is hot. And I had never in my life been in a situation where I looked out into a group of people and felt that way and felt that way. And it was really, really, really powerful. Like it was a huge moment for me, felt sexy and exposed in sexy, which is, a really powerful thing to feel. It's really exciting. Yeah. I think there's a, there's a different kind of version of that for women where you can be exposed and not care whether or not you feel sexy Hmm. because we don't have a problem with making sure we look sexy. Like we can do that. We have all the tools and all the makeup and all the dresses and the push-up bras. Like you can make yourself look sexy. That's not a problem. But one time like Katie and I were out on a run and we were both feeling real sassy. And I said, fuck it. Let's let's take off our tops. Let's go jogging just in our sports bras down the street. And let's just not even care. Yeah. Let's and we'll do that. We'll be like, I don't even care. I don't mm-hmm. even and, and we did, and it was scary, but really freeing. Yeah. To be out and be like, This is what I look like, and I don't care what you think. Right. Cause I I can I can do sexy. I can do that. That's not an issue. I can put on a tight dress and feel great. But being able to... It's, it's the absence of those intense feelings and attention that mm-hmm. is actually more empowering. For a yeah. lot of women. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of a different... It's, it's, it is similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we were talking earlier about making decisions that can take things that you have no control over and reshape them into a positive way. Mm-hmm. The worst moment with having big boobs as a kid was when oh. I went to a friend's, a friend's house and like we were all going swimming. I took off my shirt and his little brother, who was like five or six... Jerked off. thought thought you were a girl he looked at me he pointed at me he said why do you have triangular nipples and it was like the the honesty of a child Uh, and i'm like i am i am hideous even by an honest child's standard you know monster that's rough yeah and that's that's the thing i was working through (laughs) when i got older good for you i'm glad that you're hopefully there yeah i feel i mean i'll take my shirt off anywhere now i don't give a shit anymore nice true that yeah applause little clap Okay, Katie, base and security, go. It's always been weight. Mm-hmm. Always been that. I've always, even even uh, when I was younger and I was, I've been all different kinds of weights and levels of fitness and I've always felt pretty awful about myself. I remember I found a picture of you from a couple years ago, uh, closer to the time that we lived together, right before we lived together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I sent it to you recently to show you because you for some reason think that you've always been near the weight you are right now and I've said no there were times like when we lived together when you were closer to like we were 
the same size pretty much like we could share clothes and you even were like, you saying that and i'm like no yeah and you're like never no, happened this never yeah, and you always say that's never happened and so i found a picture recently and sent it to you and said see <laughs> like i've told you i think my reaction was damn yeah you you it seemed to really trigger something in you so even no matter what your weight is you've always identified as not being in a good weight yes well and it, I have I have so many insecurity issues, but it's a lot of the times it comes from I have these ridiculous um, high standards that I only apply to myself, and I'm kind of a perfectionist in that way. And if anytime I actually accomplish something, it immediately gets regu- re- relegated relegated rele- relegated to um, regulators. <laughs> it doesn't matter anymore because I've done it, and clearly if I've done it, that anyone can do it. It doesn't matter anymore. Mm. Um, but I still have all these. I'm not here yet. I'm not at the next level. So I'm constantly, I'm never appreciating the present moment. I'm always like. You're speaking my language. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That was especially, um, I think I noticed that when, because you started running and then you got me into running. Yeah. And like you've run a half marathon Mm -hmm. and you're like, meh, half marathon. And I remember when I started running, I was like, 5k is insane who could ever do a 5k and then I did it and I was like oh it's not actually hard at all and then I did a 10k and I was like that's not hard either so whatever is the thing that's just out of reach is always so cool and what you've already done is just bullshit Hmm. yeah and we're constantly trying to remind each other that that's not true and that to other people the things that we've done or that we do are really amazing and to cherish that and it's okay to feel good and confident and wonderful about your accomplishments Mm mm-hmm yeah. 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 That's my base insecurity is not being up to my standards. Heather, what's yours? <sighs> I've done a lot of therapy. Yeah. A lot, a lot of therapy for different things. And I think I want to actually just go on something more physical because I feel like you've both kind of said something more physical. So I'm going to talk about a physical insecurity. Um, so as, uh, was already brought up, I have large boobs. I've got 34 double D's and I have forever. And I really, I just want to thank the porn industry for this. <laughs> I just, I just want to thank the, the porn industry and shout God yeah. and uh, give a shout out to my, my manager. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, porn started becoming accessible through the internet right when I was in high school. And I started getting boobs very young. Um, I think I think by fifth grade, I was already a B cup. Uh, and so that was really weird to start Crazy. being yeah. sexualized so young. Yes. Um, mm. Really young. And then as they got bigger and bigger, suddenly I started saying, my boobs don't look like the boobs on those porn stars look. Because fake boobs levitate. Oh. Yes. Real boobs do not levitate. And they... I feel like more so when I was younger, and maybe that's just because um, young people are dumb, but there was always this like, yeah, show us your tits. Like they were always kind of this feature of me, this thing that people always would talk about. So then I would talk about them to try to be okay with them. And I, I was, I was okay with them, but I hated that there was always this pressure for me to flash people mm. yeah. because I always thought if you guys actually saw them, you wouldn't like them. So I felt like I had to pretend. That's how I feel about being naked around people. Okay, so yeah. you get this. You yeah. get this. Oh, absolutely. I would have to this pretend. This is really interesting. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is this, I guess I don't really talk about this with people because 
Uh, it is one of my base insecurities. So they, yeah, they're, they're, they're requesting like, yeah, show us your tits or something. Yeah. But in your head, you're going, no, they're actually really gross. You wouldn't actually the, like yeah, them. Yeah, as long and as you're bra, show you'll you, think they're great. This actually yes. explains something from when we dated. Oh, please do share. Um, do tell. I remember the first time you showed me your boobs, you kind of presented them like it was like a like I, I had won a prize or Here something. Here they are. You're like, you're like, check out. I have like huge boobs and you can play with them or something. I, I don't remember exactly what you said. Uh-huh. Um, and you can play with them. Something like that. And I, I was like surprised that you would put it that way because I'm like, duh. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah. a, I'm a man and you have you have breasts and I'm going to be excited. But yeah. I think that if like you had a fear, if you had a fear mm-hmm. that I wouldn't be excited, then that explains why you would present it that way. Yeah. And I was just so used to them being just always sought after that I'd be like, yeah. okay, here's this thing that everyone wants. And baby wants his bottle. Yeah. Gross. No. And I literally, <laughs> I do not care about breast size at all. Like See, I, and that's, that's a weird thing too, because when you're someone who has always been uh, valued for it. Yeah. Then mm-hmm. to be with someone that's like, I don't even care. You're it's like, not that I don't well, value what. Yeah. It's that I value all sizes. Well, that's nice. Yeah. That's nice. Having natural big boobs is, it's hard to feel valued in society. Yeah. It honestly is. Um, You walk around looking like, you know, yeah, I got this crazy rack. And then, you know, there's this thing called gravity. And yeah. they they don't float when you're not wearing a bra. And, you know, trying to always find a way to... Like when you do want to sleep with someone, you're always like, well, I'm going to go ahead and lay down and then take off my (laughs) shirt. And, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. Just going to do this real quick flip and not really (laughs) show you what they look like when I'm standing up. Any any man who's lucky enough to be with a naturally large breasted woman will be fine. He's not going to care. Is it? Well, it's kind of like asses in cellulite, right? Because I have a big Mm -hmm. ass. Mm hmm. And I have cellulite Mm -hmm. and even small asses have cellulite. Well, and I've always, you know, through porn and and Mm -hmm. models and all that stuff, cellulite just wasn't a thing that was supposed to exist. Mm -hmm. And so that's something that uh, can be nerve wracking, too. It's like, yeah, I've got this great thing. Mm, but ignore all the marshmallow bits. Well, it's not it's not photoshopped, so yeah. it's not this smooth glow. Let's turn it on is... some mood lighting. That would be good. <laughs> yes. Just some down into the left lighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The I got really of... good at posing myself in bed. <laughs> there's this really yeah you know there's yes. that, that particular we have your arm. oh because if you put your arm over your head yes. it lifts everything. Yep, and so then you and then you put you, you put one leg and knee just kind of sideways. over the other. Yes, yeah, sideways and, and then, then you over lay there the and kind of mm-hmm. present like your ass and your lifted tit. Like yes, yeah, mm-hmm. and it, it looks like you're just laying there casually. Like oh, we just had this, this great is just sex how I lay. and this is wonderful. No, mm-hmm. that's 100 percent planned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, the, the good know. news about all this is that as we get older. People start to realize what's important and like the connection that mm-hmm. that really matters between people is what's important. And all of these things become less and less important. I'm so excited. Well, yeah. and also That's you great. become yeah. more comfortable in your body mm-hmm. and you feel sexy. And so this this is what my things, things go now. hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, totally. if if I were like Canadian, if I were to, you know, hook up with a guy and he had some sort of negative thing to say about me, I wouldn't take it personally anymore. I'd be mm-hmm. like, you're clearly a douchebag, so you don't get the honor of getting to sleep with me. Yeah. Uh, which, Much by the way, different. gets you laid a lot when you, <laughs> when you treat it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it makes people chase you real good. Pro tip for my friends here. Wow. Mm-hmm. 
So alien. So alien. Were we talking about something <laughs> alien? Yeah. Well, Ripley since, shaped well, so, heads. Yeah, we're talking about super sexy stuff. So do you want to just skip to the ending? Super sexy ending. I have a lot of feelings about the ending. I have a lot yeah. of thoughts I need to work through about the ending. Well, let's, yeah, you know, let's I mean, let's let's skip it. Let's let's go to the end because yeah. I, the the gist of the movie. There's amazing sci-fi stuff set up in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, the chestburster scene is classic mm-hmm. and incredible, and like I, all that stuff has been talked about a lot. Yeah, um, everybody knows how great all that is. Yeah, let's let's talk about the ending through the lens of everything we've discussed over the last couple hours because I think that's mm-hmm. going to be really interesting. Yeah. I, the one thing I do want to add is that when they find the alien egg towards the beginning and there's like something moving around inside of the egg, that was like the coolest practical oh, effect I've ever seen. So really cool. neat. And I just know that if they did that now, it would be CG and that breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's move on from that. <laughs> yeah. so, Agreed. Everyone agrees? Yeah. Yes. Yes. The motion has passed. <laughs> Moving uh, on. So in the end, I, I struggle with the last scene a lot. And it really, the first time I saw the movie, it did not instantly become a classic in my mind because of the last scene. Mm-hmm. And when I rewatched it with you two, I was so impressed by the movie as a whole. I, I really felt like I'd done it a disservice by sort of remembering it not as fondly just because of the last scene. Mm-hmm. But I really struggled with the last scene. So yep. Ripley takes off all of her clothes, which uh, which is one thing. Yeah. And then the alien is on the shuttle with her because she's taking in an escape pod. She's leaving or shuttle, whatever it is. She's yeah. leaving the ship before it's going to blow up. Her and the cat finally, ah, oh, they made it safe. Everything's yeah. going to be okay. Time to take our clothes off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, you know, well, let's talk about yeah. that in a second. Yeah. But then the alien is actually on this shuttle and he's like, he's wedged himself up on a shelf to take a nap or something. I don't yeah. know what he's doing. I think I thought about it a lot. I think he's injured. I think she did flamethrow yes. him. I think she got him with the flamethrower and he's injured and he's you know like nap. you know how animals <laughs> do when they're injured they like go and like find a hole to crawl in to like heal. Yeah. yeah. I think he went there to hide and it just so happened that that's the shuttle she ended up on. I really do. I don't think he was necessarily there to chase her. Waiting for her. Yeah. It doesn't mm-hmm. make sense. I mean, well, so the other thing I'd thought of is that he had just killed the other two people and mm-hmm. maybe he was full and mm-hmm. taking a nap like he. So you weren't he, joking. He's, sleepy yeah, yeah, yeah. he's got like like a food coma and uh, he just maybe he needs a calling him he. I don't know what he is. It. That makes more well, sense we assume to you than being injured. Penile. The, pe- the face penis. Yeah, the yeah. phallic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe he like w- was in a regeneration phase from having just fed. But. It still doesn't make sense because then you have Ripley taking all this time to put on her spacesuit. And, I mean, it's obvious what she's going to do. Like, if she's putting mm-hmm. on a spacesuit, she's going to blow the airlock and try mm-hmm. to suck him out into space. That's why I think he's injured. I think I think it didn't have the option to defend itself. Go after her. I think, mm-hmm. it, was, I think it was hurt, and I think it had gone there to, to hide. And, and then when it did see that she, you know, put on the spacesuit and was singing about her lucky star and working really hard because she'd already secured the cat and then she's pushing the buttons to blow the airlock and to blow it out. You know, it does kind of come up to try to defend itself a little, but it's moving very slowly. Yeah. It's not, it's clearly not on its game or else it would have just destroyed her immediately. Yeah. That's, that's the problem I have with it is Mm -hmm. that it feels like they tried to write an excuse for the alien to be beatable in the last scene because Mm -hmm. it's so unbeatable in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden it acts like super differently in a way that allows Ripley to win. Mm -hmm. Well, and if it, 
if we are following the theory of it was injured and just resting a little bit, why wouldn't they make that more obvious? Hmm. Well, I guess to me, maybe they don't need to because it would be like insulting the audience's intelligence. Yeah, while I was watching it, I was like, oh yeah, it's injured. Like she got it. She got it with the, the flamethrower and now it's there and it's kind of laying there healing. So to me, it felt like the obvious choice. Like it never occurred to me that it mm. was taking a nap. I think maybe one time I saw it when I was younger and I thought it might be stuck. Mm-hmm. I thought That's it what like I thought too. Yeah. How is stuck. it stuck? All the weird yeah. tentacly bits. Yeah. So this this might be just a case of uh, slightly poor filmmaking. It's just not clear. The symbols yeah. aren't there. It's not easy to decode. I have a theory about that. Okay. I know that originally, I don't know if it was Ridley Scott or the writers, they wanted to kill everyone. They wanted to kill Ripley mm-hmm. and the studio said no. Mm-hmm. So they had to rewrite the ending. And I'm wondering if the rewrite was a little bit of a, a placation mm-hmm. towards the studio. Because you also have... Uh, her looking her hot. Her looking hot. You know? Yeah, which is the thing I want to talk about. Yeah, let's talk about um, that. <laughs> Heather, I'm super curious to get your thoughts your tiny, about... tiny, pointy hands. <laughs> such... uh, I you're... haven't pulled away yet. I, I don't know I what know I'm witnessing right now. This is a, this is I know. <laughs> I'm putting her to sleep. I'm soothing her onto her belly. Wow. <laughs> She's like a, a rabbit or a crocodile. <laughs> you just, a rabbit or a crocodile? Yeah, you just flip her over and rub her belly. She Is just, that she what they have in out. Yeah. I mean, you know, besides being vicious. <laughs> this is surprisingly comforting. I know. Uh, not from where I'm sitting. It's real <laughs> awkward. <laughs> um, Heather, do it to his hand. I can't Please reach don't. him. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll, he'll get a boner. It'll be weird. Don't oh, okay. freak out. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyway. Okay, so what do you? Th- so Ripley like takes off all of her clothes, and it's like very sexualized. Yeah, it's so I've really, 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 really hot. I mean, nips and butt crack. Uh, I've thought a lot about the difference between if it's sexualized or if it is just a person in their underwear, and if it's just trying to be. This is what they look like when they get into their stasis. Um, and I've come firmly on the side of it is sexualized. Mm-hmm. And I have evidence for this. Uh, one, butt crack. Butt crack. Yeah, we do see lots of people waking up from their uh, cryo sleep in the beginning of the movie. Nary a butt crack to be seen. They're all completely covered. They're wearing like kind of big t-shirts and boxers. And she's wearing a very thin shirt her nipples are, I mean, it must be chilly in there, right? Nipples happen. Nipples aren't necessarily sexual, but it's the only time in the whole movie we've seen something like that. Mm-hmm. Her underwear are very skimpy, very, very skimpy. We see half of her butt crack and... Pretty good bush mound. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah, I love that. I do, I do love too. that. Mm-hmm. And suddenly there is makeup. For the first mm. time in the movie, in this final scene, she's wearing makeup. Her hair looks beautiful and her face is all made up. So I get that what they were probably trying to do was... Everything's going to be okay. Well, first to make us be like, everything's great. And then when you do see the alien there, to really heighten that sense of vulnerability. Yeah. You know, she's nearly naked. She's, you know, this, oh, she's just this poor woman. And I think that's what they did, is they made her into, oh no, there's a woman in danger. And the whole rest of the film, that had not been the case. It feels off tone. It really does. It feels different. And it's frustrating because it's unnecessary. And what I thought, and I think I said this to you um, both as well, we would not have seen that exact scene go down that exact way if it had been a male character. 
Not at all. No. I firmly believe that we would not have seen a male character get down to well, the there speedo. Would, there would be no reason for it. And a tiny tank it. top, and then suddenly. Yeah, not yeah. in 1979. I mean, I not, mean, it just yeah. in the 70s there were all sorts of naked dudes in movies and like skimpy clothes on guys. So I, but I, I know we wouldn't have seen that. We wouldn't have seen he's threatened, and in order to show even more how threatened he is, mm. he's not wearing a lot of clothes. I see. Yeah, I agree. Like, let's talk about, like, Eastern Promises. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen that. Okay, fantastic film. Uh, David Viggo Cronenberg. Mortensen. There is a scene, this really long scene of Viggo Mortensen. He's at a nude me- uh, male spa. A banya. He's at a banya. At the banya. Because it's Russian, Russian mafia. Da uh, Katie speaks Russian. <laughs> it's really great. That's kind of um, Yes, not you. <laughs> um, he's completely nude, and there's a knife fight scene with him completely nude. Oh, my God. Dick and, flopping around. Yeah, it's yeah. incredible. I'm getting... A little aroused just thinking I li- about No, that. you should. It's and you would be wrong not to. We're talking about Viggo Mortensen. Yes. Viggo Mortensen, completely nude, oh full and he's all tatted up too in these Russian like mafia tattoos. It's I'm really feeling great. something. Yeah, right now. Oh, it's, we should watch it. My nether- something in his pants. Oh, so yeah. I'm gonna watch it. Let's do it. I've got it on DVD. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it does all of a sudden make you hyper aware of how dangerous this knife fight scene is. Yeah. Because he's. He's nude. He's completely yes. naked. And every time that knife gets close to him, you're like, oh, and you feel it. So that's a time where that was used uh, really effectively. I don't think that was the case in Alien. Yeah. And that it just bums me out. I, yeah. It's like there's almost something there. Mm-hmm. Like the, the idea of having this whole movie that's so intense and just like this fight for survival. And then she's just relaxing mm-hmm. for the first time. And seeing that really stark contrast of this, like, beautiful feminine form when you've been watching this, like, really intense and violent movie, there's something, like, incredibly satisfying about that. Mm -hmm. Um, So part of me, like, wants to be okay with it because it's just so... Because you like it. Because I like it, yeah. Yeah. And I can't help but like it, but I also can't justify it. Like, Mm -hmm. when when I think about it, I can't justify it to myself. And when you talk about it, I agree with everything that you're saying. And I, it's almost like if they just didn't put the makeup on, it would have been okay. Or well, if maybe, maybe they'd shot it a little bit differently. Because there, there are moments in that where it's just shot very, like, casually. Mm-hmm. And that works for me. But when it's, like, shot with the more, uh, like, in, in a more... Sexualized way. Yeah, sexualized yeah. way. Yeah. She's very sensually petting the cat a lot, too. Bringing the cat into her lap. And I think maybe this is why cat, it, doesn't ring, fur. it doesn't ring true, at least for us, because... When women are truly alone and relaxing, <laughs> they don't look like that. They don't act like that. They don't that. look like anything. They the just whole look scene like was very performative. Yes. And yeah, like when, when I'm alone and I'm relaxing, I'm on, you know, the couch. I my hair's not done, I'm not wearing any makeup. Maybe I'm naked, maybe I'm wearing something, but you know, I might be spread out. I might be mm-hmm. tucking my Curled neck down so weird. I have yeah, a yeah. double chin. Right. And none of that, you know, she just suddenly looked hyper attractive. Yeah. And so you know it's a performance and you know yeah. that it's for someone. It's for us to see this poor sexy woman suddenly in danger. God, I hate when this happens. I hate when there's like a great movie and then the very last scene mm-hmm. reshapes the whole thing in a strange way. Mm-hmm. And it's always, always because the studio made them change the ending. Yeah, story of Ridley Scott's life, though. I mean, yeah. that's happened to him so much in his films. Um, you know, I'm willing to overlook it sometimes, or at least to say this is still a great movie. Yeah. Um, I think 
95% excellence is yeah. enough for me. Yeah. Um, I feel that way. I really like the movie Signs. Yeah. Even though the ending is right. kind of this weird uh, religious moment. Everything before that is so good that I'm okay with it. And I, I I'm willing to movie. overlook that. Yeah. I think I've told this story on my podcast, but I'm going to tell it again. Do it. Because uh, I want to tell, tell you. Tell it on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Um, so the first time I saw Signs was at the drive-in. And nice. it made Ooh. Oh, the that movie, would be so scary. Yeah. It was dark, you know? Like, oh. it's like the projection outside is just naturally darker than if you're in a theater. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, like, the, the conditions aren't great. You have some moonlight coming in. So it's a little bit harder to see the screen. So at the end of Signs, when the alien shows up, it looked real as fuck. I mean, it looked <gasps> oh. so real because it was all in shadow. And there was just this, like, really menacing shadow coming out and trying to get them. And I was petrified. Uh, yeah. I was so scared. And then I've, I I used to really believe that everything happens for a reason. You know, I used to believe mm. that. I don't believe that anymore. Like, having had a couple really nasty things happen, I now believe that what happens after bad things happen uh, can be positive mm-hmm. if you shape it to be positive. I, I don't. But I used to have this like this sense of no control over it, and now I feel like it's something you have to take control mm-hmm. over to make positive things happen. But at mm-hmm. the time, I did believe that everything happened for a reason. Yeah, those uh, themes were very strong. And yeah, and and that was what the whole movie was about. Yeah. Is like this little girl sees microbes in her water, so she leaves water all over the house, and then they have water to fight the alien with. You know, and she's supposedly blessed, so it's holy water. Yeah, because the aliens were demons. Yeah, uh, I've never heard this theory. Oh yeah, the aliens were demons. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And because Mel Gibson had been a preacher before, this this was his journey, fighting, uh, fighting off sin and demons, and kind of finding his way back to religion. Well, clearly that is the the overarching theme, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, see, and I am not a religious person, and I actually I grew up. And and still am Jewish, but not uh, <laughs> interesting. But not really, you know, religious or practicing. Sure. So I actually really struggled with Christianity as a kid because I was constantly told that I was going to hell and you know, oh, yeah. ostracized from groups of people because I grew up in a predominantly Christian culture. Yeah. So uh, watching movies where someone is finding their Christian faith usually so odd, right? Usually, I do not connect, yeah. and I, mm-hmm. I have no real interest. But this time was different for me, where. I really went on this journey with this character because the movie made me feel like there was something bigger at work in the universe. And for him to perceive that as God was okay with me. Mm-hmm. It's not how I would perceive it. But but yeah. the, feeling, the feeling that that existed is so expansive and wonderful that it really did it for me. Because, hmm. I mean, that's what I'm all about with science fiction. Does it make me feel like my universe is bigger? Mm-hmm. And that's such a cool moment. And that movie really did it. I saw it again on DVD, and I saw how kind of hokey that CG with the alien is at the end. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I can see why that would take away from the experience. So I know yeah. a lot of people that don't like this movie, and it's because of Simply that one shot. That. Yeah. Because you're at the climax, and you can't buy it because it doesn't look real, which mm-hmm. is so frustrating. And I'm so lucky to have had that one experience the first time where it looked fucking real. I thought I had to sneeze. I don't have a point to make. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, we both like paused um, and looked no, at you. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I saw it in theaters gone. as well, and it was one of the most tense theater experiences I've ever had. Yeah. I saw it in theaters. I saw most of it from uh, behind my knees. I mm-hmm. had my knees up to my face, and I was like, ooh. Yeah, M. M. Night Shyamalanama is incredible <laughs> at creating tension. Shapoopy, M. Night Shapoopy. <laughs> I saw his recent Shapoopy. film, The Visit. Shapoopy. Shapoopy. It's hard to get. <laughs> he gets it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he's he's incredible at that. He just 
Sometimes shits the bed. What's the new one called? The Visit. The Visit. Is that with the grandparents? Yes. And was it good? I yeah. Seen it, yet. it was fun. I would really like to watch it with a group of teenagers. Hmm. It has <gasps> a very urban legend kind of background to it, and I think it's going to really resonate with younger younger people. I think they're going to be scared shitless by it. Cool. It was really fun. It did some kind of gross things, uh, which I always like. I like gross things a lot. Uh, and Signs was yeah the first. I mean, everyone loved The Sixth Sense. It hasn't held up for me as much. Interesting. But I haven't, Signs I haven't really has. It. Yeah, don't. Man, Unbreakable <laughs> oh, yeah. is amazing. Yeah. So I have never lost faith in M. Night Shyamalan because... Shamamanama. Because his first three movies all gave me such a distinct, incredible experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I love The Happening. Have you seen The Happening? I haven't. People, oh, people hate The Happening. The everyone happening. made fun of it so much. I didn't yes. see I love it. it. Can we watch it together? I'd love to, yeah. Okay. yeah I think you would it. actually really like it. Uh, it I loved great. Lady in the Water. I thought it was fucking great. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was stupid and fun, and I loved it. Yeah. And Bob Balaban was in it, which is literally all it takes for me. <laughs> well, uh, and uh, and uh, The Village. I love The Village. Yeah, yeah. see, so so yeah. I don't understand why. I feel like M. Night Shyamalan Moon is, mm-hmm. is pretty polarizing for a lot of people. He really is, but I think that's because of marketing. Every oh. single one of his films has been marketed as a horror film, and not right. one of them has been. And so everyone goes mm. in every time expecting the scariest movie, and then they're like, that was dumb. But if you go into it expecting so, right. a movie, yeah. a story, maybe there's going to be some scary stuff or some much tension. More, yeah, much more of like a, a tense storyteller than mm-hmm. horror. He tells a lot of fairy tales. Yeah. yeah. A lot of urban legends and stories and fairy tales, and I'm fine with that. I think another reason he's unfairly judged is because he uses the twist mm-hmm. over and over what again. A twist. Yeah, always a twist. What a twist? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'm going to argue that it is his God-given right to do so, and right. that I hope he continues sure. to do so because I don't think about it as a twist. I think about it as a moment of revelation. Yeah, a reveal, exactly. Yeah, and what is more powerful than a revelation? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, and to go on this journey with these it has to happen at the end of the movie because to go on a journey with these characters and to realize at the very end that everything you saw is not what you thought is very powerful and if he can do that over and over then god bless him right and and let him continue to do so because he's gotten me every time you know Hmm. like signs and that's hard yeah like Mm -hmm. signs felt like less of a twist and more of just a giant setup it was like an alignment yeah an alignment that's perfect that's perfect yeah Unbreakable was a twist in the best way. Yeah. Uh, Unbreakable, I, 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 I'm I, not the first person it. to say this, but I think that Unbreakable really started the whole, like, decade of dark superhero movies that we've had since then. Hmm. Uh, it really kind of informed the tone of everything that came after it for superhero movies. And there, they, uh, there weren't a lot of superhero films at the time. It wasn't no. a popular thing. No. I remember when it came out, it was like, what a superhero movie. Yeah. But it was great. And that was like part of the big excitement of the twist was to find out that you were watching a superhero movie. Mm-hmm. So cool. Yeah. And not just a superhero movie, but one that was grounded in reality and gritty. It's like, this is the sort of happening that would create the urban legend of a Batman, you know? Yeah. And yeah, the origin story. Yeah. yeah. And Batman Begins is such a ripoff of Unbreakable. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Yeah. <laughs> they call me Mr. Glass. I love that. I love <laughs> yeah. that moment. That yeah. like gives me chills. I love it I so much. I need to much. rewatch that. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember loving it, especially in high school. Becky and I used to watch it all. My friend in high school and Thank I used you. to watch it all yeah. the time. Yeah. It's, um, I've never seen a uh, M Night movie that I didn't like. I did stop because everyone told me that Airbender was like 
a catastrophe. I didn't see that. That's true. That's the one yeah. I haven't seen. And it's, then I heard similar yeah. things about the happening, so I didn't see them because I didn't want to spoil my own enjoyment. The Watch the happening. Oh, I can't wait to see Ignore it. I should, I should do the happening as a just hear me out. That should be a just hear me yeah, out. We, we can should. Watch yeah. it. That would be great. That it's, would be awesome. I, a lot of people are saying that the visit is his his return to glory. This is finally huh. like his comeback. And I think the only reason they're saying that, and I'm going to stand by this, is because it's the first horror movie he's done yes. yeah. since The Sixth Sense. It's, it's the yeah. one that everyone it's, has expected him to do this It's what whole time. they wanted. Yep. Yep. Everyone was saying he was the new Hitchcock when he first came out. Mm-hmm. Which is bullshit and unfair. Yeah, yeah. Because he's his own guy. He's doing something very unique. Mm-hmm. I mean, he really created a genre and he stuck to it. You know, yeah. with all the, the four that I've seen of his movies, we're all they were all like a continuation of this. It was the same story with different characters and a different twist in different scenarios. And I think that that's awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. he invented this. Like he created a structure that he used over and over again and everyone's like foul you're just making the same movie over and over and I'm like brilliant you it's did it again theme. I can't yeah. believe it yeah. <laughs> oh my god you yeah. got me he's yeah. done it again <laughs> yeah well speaking of filmmakers are you excited for Ridley Scott's new movie The Martian cannot wait cannot yeah. wait I really have meant to read the novel haven't gotten around to it because I got so caught up in these goddamn sexy crossfire books yeah <laughs> Yeah. We've been oh, reading a lot of erotic God. fiction lately. What's Crossfire? Oh my God! It's oh, Jesse, it's so sexy. Erotic, it's so um, good novel series. That those books have gotten me off more. I swear, they're they're, they're, they're hot. so good. This they're, is going to be a sleepless night for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like sixty mm, percent of what Katie and I ever talk about: sex, sexually uh, related things. Yeah, yeah, okay. But it's All not right, like a right. thing with us. It's just like what we talk about and it's what yeah. comes up. Okay, just, Heather's Heather's getting a little squirrely. Mm. Yeah, my my brain is shutting down. This oh, is this has been like absolutely incredible. Bullshit. I Thank you for having us. I don't I'm know Katie. if I've ever, ever had more of a catharsis from uh from podcasting than tonight. It was really intense. Life goal unlocked. Yeah. I'm Katie. I'm Heather. I'm Jesse. We're from Oh, oh I'm, I'm, in, I'm interrupting you're you guys. No, no, he's Jesse. No, no, you're still Jesse. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. I wasn't making eye yeah. contact with you, so it was really difficult to communicate that I was doing a thing. I'm sorry. Do your thing. Our podcast is Turn Up the Lady Bro. Yeah. We are... We're on Facebook. We have a great Facebook. Mm-hmm. Heather kills it on our Twitter, which is uh, Turn... Turn, turn, turn up lady up bro. Lady bro. You yeah. have the hardest time with that. <sighs> turn up lady bro on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook. It's Facebook slash Turn Up The Lady Bro. Facebook.com yeah. slash Turn Up The Lady Bro. <laughs> yeah, just um, do it. Our website, turnuptheladybro.com. Our Patreon, which is the fastest way to get on our We Love You Fucking Forever <laughs> list. Oh my God, do it. Our patrons are our saints. Amazing. Our gods. We love them. That's patreon.com slash turn up. Mm-hmm. We have uh, a funny introduction video. We're on iTunes. Please subscribe, like us comment we want to hear from you we love you email us love us hate us feedback is our food <laughs> jesse should i do that for my show now? you should do that on every show yeah yeah well, all right you? well i'm Tell uh, me about it. i'm jesse mercury my oh. show is called sci-fi with jesse mercury oh i get a titular line yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> you can find us Find us. Me. Us. Well, you always Find have friends. You. I always have friends. Yeah, I have a different guest every week. We talk about science fiction, how it impacted our lives growing up, and then mm-hmm. the kind of people that we're becoming based off of these things that we partake in with our eyes and our nice. ears. <laughs> and our dicks. And our dicks. Or is sometimes. that just this time? Mostly just this time. I mean, we, you know, we talk about everything on the show. Good. Uh, 
You can find me at jessemercury.com. I am a sci-fi synth pop artist, and I actually play a lot of music on the show. Yeah. Uh, so you can listen to that. I do acoustic performances, and then mm. sometimes if I'm working on some sort of synth pop song, I'll, I'm going to start playing works in progress on the show, which is going to be kind of cool. That's a great way to get I feedback. Like yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, totally. Uh, yeah, I'm also on iTunes. I'm on Stitcher. I'm on most podcasting platforms mm-hmm. and I'd love for you to subscribe and, and listen and find me on Twitter. I'm at sci-fi project and I love chatting about nerdy <laughs> sci-fi stuff on Twitter. Do it. I will talk to you and it'll be fun. Well, we're going to cool. subscribe to all of your things because I mean, we already had, but I'm pretending we hadn't Yeah. because we want to support you. Do it again. Yeah. yeah. Double subscription. Unsubscribe and then subscribe again. Nice. Just to mess with you. Mm. Yeah. And I've been a subscriber of yours since day one. We really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah I've it heard means every a episode. Lot to us. I'm a big fan. Thank you. Uh, Makes me feel really good when people say things like that to me. Yeah, yeah it's, it's actually been it's been really exciting to be a part of your show just because I am a fan. So it's been super. Cool. Yeah, hey, regular <laughs> listeners of Turn Up the Lady Bro, let us know what you thought about Jesse and having him on because we enjoyed it. It was a little free form this episode, but. Yeah. Um, I think we could definitely find a, a spot, a guest spot sometimes. I would love to. Yeah. yeah. A niche. Would... Yeah, you could be our um, expert musician and we could watch some uh, musicals and then you could tell us how realistic. <laughs> we could watch Xanadu together. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> tell us about the times that you've turned into a Don Bluth cartoon and whether or not that was realistic. So many times. <laughs> <laughs> how do I count the ways? <laughs> Um, yeah, I was actually going to say I'd love to have you guys back too. This this sort of like free form meandering conversation is actually the norm for my show. This is what you do. <laughs> this is yeah, this is what happens Good. in this apartment. Uh, it's because we we got the Kirk and Spock with the hipster glasses on. Yep. It just yep. inspires mm-hmm. meandering. Beep beep, Jesse. Beep beep. Oh, Katie, what? You can't. Okay, if you want to know what beep beep means. Tune in to our next episode <laughs> because we're going to finally reveal the hidden meaning behind beep, 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 beep. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Are you going to tell me or do I have to wait? Out, off mic. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We like to leave people wanting more. Well, then let's turn the mics off so I can find out what this is. <laughs> all right. Thank you all so much for listening. Bye, everyone. Bye, friends. And thus concludes the great podcast crossover with Turn Up the Lady Bro. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. And if you haven't yet heard the first half of this two-part episode, you got to head over to TurnUpTheLadyBro.com to check it out. It's really well worth hearing. Don't forget that next week on Sci-Fi with Jesse Mercury, I will have four members of the cast and crew of the indie sci-fi film The Fifth Passenger. This movie's really exciting. It features a bunch of your favorite actors from the Star Trek universe, including Armin Shimmerman, Marina Sirtis, Tim Russ, really big names, and I'm so excited to sit down and chat with Scott Baker, Morgan Lariah, Manu Ente Reme, and Hannah Hatai. So I'll see you next week. Bye.